Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We hit the biggest sports headlines. Now we hit the big headlines across Tennessee. The Tennessee Power Hour is here on OutKick 360. You can follow us on Twitter at OutKick360. We broadcast live each and every day in Music City. Sixth and Peabody, our location, the venue with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Time to get rolling on the Power Hour. A lot to discuss with the Vols and... The Gators coming up. We will do that. Plus, Tennessee buying out its contract with Army on the schedule. We'll get details on that. Uh, Withrow's ready with some thoughts on why they did that and moving forward what it sets up. Uh, We start, though, with the Tennessee Titans. Paul, the injury report today uh, includes a full participant in Taylor Lewan, who is practicing for the Titans today. Uh, meanwhile, there, there was a group of players who were not available, including Ben Jones and Roger Saffold. Also, Jayon Brown remi- remains out with a hamstring issue. Uh, Caleb Farley remains out with a shoulder injury. Uh, it's a pretty detailed list of starters um, where both teams, honestly, are, are really banged up. Both teams banged up on the offensive line. Yeah, uh, the, the Titans' offensive line woes are bad. Anthony Ferks are still out. Uh, with his knee. Derrick Henry getting a well-deserved rest. Um, And even A.J. Brown um, limited. He might be a guy that's on a Wednesday limited or off schedule. Um, But maybe not after a week where he drops three passes um, all all the time. Hopefully not. And and he was good talking about that earlier today. You know, just said he he was running before before he caught the ball, and he, he's done that before. Uh, Julio Jones told him it's not going to be the worst game of his career, and uh, he had domino effect. He said it got, it got in his head, and, and it just kind of ran away from him. Look, uh, Julio Jones wasn't good in the first game. Uh, A.J. Brown wasn't good in the second game. So uh, it'd be very nice for the Titans if they were both good in, in the third game. Yeah. Um, and that's just what they need. We haven't seen this pick-your-poison defensively thing yet for the Cardinals or for the Seahawks. Maybe we see it for the Colts, and that would be a wondrous thing for the Titans, particularly if the offensive line is still a patchwork bunch. Uh, Lawan on the practice field today and listed as a full participant in practice. Uh, that, that's among the big headlines because he wasn't able to play after injuring his knee in pregame warm-ups in Seattle. He's, he's a go as we uh, begin the practice week for Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts... Meanwhile, have Carson Wentz sidelined with two ankle injuries. It's listed as ankles, plural. Uh, no, don't know if he's playing or not. Um, Frank Wright said in regards to Carson Wentz that he's tough. Uh, his pain tolerance is extremely high. Mobility could be an issue for this game. They're going to wait and see. And that, that's going to be the case as they fly to Nashville on Saturday for Sunday's game. He's going to be questionable for this game. I would whether think game or not he's time playing. decision. Probably. 
Um, but the mobility factor, I don't think people give Wentz enough credit for how he, he moves out of the pocket. He moved very well in that He's game good. on Sunday. Yeah, and, and that, that will, even if he plays, that's going to significantly impact the game plan for how you get Wentz on the move and run that offense. So uh, their, their, their approach to this game, to me, is as obvious as the Titans' approach last week. They want to run the football 35 to 40 times in this game with multiple backs. They want whoever is playing quarterback to complete 20 to 25 passes, and that's it. Maximize the possessions, run the football, and and, uh, keep the Titans' offense on the sideline. Even if Wentz was playing and healthy, this is the least mobile, uh, while he runs well, least mobile quarterback they've seen. Most conventional pass rushing they can do. If he plays and he's hobbled, or if it's Eason, they'll be able to – to go to a spot to try to sack the quarterback really for the first time this season. And they're coming off a pretty good pass rush game against Russell Wilson. Autry is going to be really fired up. You know, he said it's a wash between his familiarity with the Colts and the Colts familiarity with him, but he he rushed really well last week. Um, And they should get their four out there in nickel which is, is the improvement we talked about, but we still haven't seen Bud Dupree and Dupree's out today. We're talking a lot about Lawan because it's been a very eventful comeback from his ACL. Dupree, uh, while Lawan was hurt in October, Dupree was hurt in December. Um, and he certainly is, is a shell of himself still at this stage. It'd be very nice if at least knowing I'm rushing to that spot and not trying to capture, not kill, and all of these things that complicate chasing a quarterback, if Bud Dupree could start to get a little bit on track and contribute a little bit more to a more conventional pass rush. I'm surprised by people's surprise with Carson Wentz mobility because Carson Wentz at times is almost too mobile because when he's had the injury issues, it's been where he's doing too much as a runner. I mean, his mentality is almost too much of a runner with the football. Uh, It got him hurt in that Rams game a a few years ago where he had the injury, and it got him hurt again in this game where he's running – trying to get yeah, more Eagles out of Eagles fans play. were saying, stay in there and throw it, right? There is, uh, there's a potential for a couple takeaways in this game uh, on whoever's playing quarterback. But let, let's focus on Jacob Eason for a moment, who received a lot of first-team reps during training camp for Indianapolis as Carson Wentz was on the mend with a foot uh, issue, a surgical repair of his foot. Didn't know if he was going to be available for week one. Turns out he was. But they were prepared to go into the season with Jacob Eason as their starting quarterback. I set that up to say he's received a lot of reps with this offense that he will run, potentially run, on Sunday. Uh, And the strength of Eason is his arm. He has an extremely big arm for a backup quarterback in the NFL. Don't let that fool you if you're a fan going to the game thinking you're going to see, you know, uh, Woodside and what he might be able to do versus what Tannehill can do. This guy has a rocket. Now, um, he threw a pick. Um, he was baited into a pick by Jalen Ramsey, uh, who came over late in the second-to-last drive against the Rams and picked him off on the sideline. I did not like how uh, he, he was inserted into the game. They needed to drive to go get a field goal and just tie the game. He was unable to do it. The first pass attempt on first down, they didn't try to run it. They came out with Easton and threw it. Far side boundary, difficult throw, past the numbers, far sideline, incomplete. Um, on an out route, and then uh, through to the uh, the boundary side, and was picked off by Ramsey on a second pass attempt. So, 
Um, and that was really all she wrote. They, they ran the clock out from there on the final. Uh, I think he had eight sec, 20 seconds left in the game when he took over his second possession, and they were just trying to do anything uh, for just a miracle to get down the field and score. Christian Fulton's playing well. He's not Jalen Ramsey. He's not going to be Jalen Ramsey at the top of his game. Um, Jack Rabbit Jenkins was better in the second game than in the first. Caleb Farley we're probably not going to see. Um, and the Titans have a big problem at, second, at their second safety spot where we're going to see either Dane Crookshank or Matthias Farley. And I don't think Matthias Farley is showing as much on – as a defensive potential guy, as Ola Adeni. Um, we talked to Ola Adeni today, by the way, and we've, we talked yesterday harshly about special teams. You guys will love this because he's had a good chance on defense to make an impact, and he's made some impact plays on defense, including what should have been the game-ending safety. And we were asking him about these chances on defense, and he said – I like those chances on defense, but I am focused on special teams. We need to be better as a kick return unit. We need to be better as a punt return unit. That's what I was brought here for. That's my primary focus. This other stuff is in addition to that, but I need to to lead these special teams and be contagious in that way. That's my thing. That's rare that you hear a guy. You're right. You know, picture Darren Bates, who was brought in for special teams, being given a chance to play inside linebacker, downplaying inside linebacker, and talking up special teams. That runs against every football player's uh, instincts. And I was very impressed that he was talking like that. So that's the kind of guy, Chad, you want leading special teams for your criticisms of, of special teams. For sure. Maybe he can coach special teams. And, Matthi- and Matthias Farley needs to be coach that kind of guy as yeah. well. Coach, uh, sounds like coaching material to but, me. But that second safety spot, they're going to attack, attack, attack. And Molden, if they can get somebody speedy on him deep, though they don't have the speed of Tyler Lockett. Well, tying this all into the Tennessee Power Hour, when you were talking about Jacob Eason's arm, uh, go back to his freshman year at Georgia and watch the pass he throws mm. to go ahead of Tennessee in the final seconds. And that was quickly forgotten because it was the Dobbs nail boot game where they came back and he throws the hell Mary to Juwan Jennings to win the game on the final play for Tennessee. But that was Jacob Eason freshman in college throwing an absolute dime. Uh, and it covered a lot of yards in the air. That was perfect. So that was a good example of Jacob Eason as a freshman in college at Georgia in his arm. And he, he still got it. I have doubts. Uh, and I don't know about you about their receiving core. I like Pittman. Um, they still, but, they still throw to Doyle a lot. Yeah. But these are not Blazers who are getting behind your defense. That's not how this offense generally operates. And their Blazer, T.Y. Hilton, isn't a blazing right now. Is he on IR? Yes, yeah. I, I believe so, yeah. So, uh, you know, they've, they've lost their speed element, and their speed element is in his 30s now. He's not. Yeah, he's, he on, he's on injured reserve. Uh, other receivers? Zach Pascal, who was a Titans throwaway once upon a time. Doesn't make him not good, but he's also not a Blazer. Um, Pittman, Pascal, they have Mike Strawn, uh, uh, Strawn. And, and I don't know if Strawn's done anything, but I also think he's not a blazer. And he had a terrific camp. He's a guy I would have liked the Titans to have taken. I think he's, he's a terrific player, but I don't think he's a blazer. And then They're Paris, not a speedy, Paris Campbell is their second-round pick he's from three years guy. ago. They also um, – one of their backs, uh, their kick returner maybe, is um, a, a guy to keep a note of, um, Isaiah Rogers. He's more of a running back, but he's, he's their kick returner. And he's their speed guy. Um, I don't know how often he gets involved offensively. Uh, 
last year was his first year. He's a six-round pick, and he's just a special teams player. But if you're looking for a little juice, maybe he provides that. Naheem Hines is, is their other gadget player, he's for lack of a better catch word. passes. And who has done some damage against the Titans. And the Titans get hurt by the Colts throwing passes to running backs who go all the way. I mean, Edge killed everybody, but yep. Vic Ballard with that corkscrew touchdown here at Nissan Stadium yep. <laughs> won a game in overtime, yeah, right? that's right. That seems like forever ago. It probably was. Just a side note, I, I, w- I mentioned before, I was on Dan Dockich before we did our show, and he tends to be harsh on the Colts. He hates this Colts team. He, he doesn't like Reich. He thinks he's a bad coach. He said he's the worst coach in the league. He said that's a soft team. And he said it's poorly constructed. And Chris Ballard's best feature is his ability to get the media to love him. And that he doesn't feel like he's done much. He's really down on the cold. The Titans have the chance to bury them this week at 0-3. Send them to 0-3. They've already lost two at home. And get that first division win. I mean, the Titans could put themselves in pretty good position considering they've played one good half of football so far. 2012 was the Vic Ballard touchdown in overtime. I can can see that play very clearly. I'm not a guy with good play memory. Somehow that one really stuck uh, in Um, my brain. So not only do they get a chance to to, to, to bury the, the Colts, they will then have the Jets and the Jags in back-to-back weeks. They've got a very nice setup here. That's why that Seattle win was so big. Yep, big. Coming up, also big, getting Henry back on track. Derrick Henry, at this time last year, we were discussing where he would rank for the franchise backs. Now it's time to discuss him versus history of the league and what he's capable of accomplishing because, again, he just what we saw Sunday was one of his best performances. He put up his seventh highest rushing total, and he did it in the second half against Seattle on the road. Where does that rank amongst uh, other players that have gone on the road to do this? We know it ranks number one in the NFL for a full season. What has he set himself up for compared to consecutive seasons against other eras at his position? That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Tennessee Power Hour rolls on for OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. A year ago, we asked if Henry was the best back in Titans history, comparing him to Eddie George and the impact that Eddie made on this franchise um, and comparing it with the stats that Henry put up. Keep in mind, 2019, he was the NFL rushing leader. Last year, rushed for over 2,000 yards. And now we've spent a, a brief bit of the offseason discussing where his place is currently in NFL history because if he were to do the 2,000-yard season again, he's a pro football Hall of Famer. If he were to lead the NFL in rushing again, he's putting himself right up there with pro football Hall of, of Famers. He is such a unique player. I think we feel conf- I feel confident in saying we will not see another player like him with the size and the durability that he's shown over the course of his career. He's the only player ever, the only football player ever, to rush for 2,000 yards in high school, in college, and in the NFL when you compare the, the position. Um, and that got me thinking about comparing him to his era and other eras, Paul, which I know w- will happen down the road. Um, since the start of the 2019 season, Henry has rushed for 3,800 and seven yards over the last two years. Dalvin Cook is second with 
oh, a little over 2,800 yards. That's 923 yards more than the second best running back in the league over that span. And now we're comparing eras here with how far in ahead Henry is to Cook compared to LaDainian Tomlinson, Hall of Famer, who from 2005 to 2007 rushed for 653 yards more than Larry Johnson, who was the second best back of his era. What's the time span quickly? Two years, two seasons. Um, 1995 to 1997 is how far you have to go back to find another example of this. Barry Sanders, 701 yards over Terrell Davis, both in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Then you have to rewind even further to 1987 to 89, where Eric Dickerson uh, was uh, 1,000 yards, roughly 900 yards more than Roger Craig. And then Eric Dickerson was... 1,200 yards better than Kurt Warner uh, back in 86 and 88. I mean, this is historical from the sense of you're, you're not finding these gaps from the best back in the league to the second best back in the league in eras. It's a new era for, for the NFL. We detailed how it's more of a passing league and the rules are set up for the, the air raid and the quarterback plays a lot different than what it was in these other eras we're comparing them to. But from a, for a running back now to put up the numbers that he's doing and to be that far ahead of the next best back in the league to do it is remarkable. Everything we talk about with eras, it feels like we have to reassess or reevaluate stats for receivers or quarterbacks with yardage and catches and everything else because back in the day, they just weren't throwing the ball as much, right? That was, that's the argument. So you can't just do it stat for stat because today's game is different. That's right. I think when you take that into consideration and look at what Derrick Henry's done and how he separated himself from the league and doing it in a different way in an era that's completely different and gone away from the bell cow back and someone that that does that, I think it goes in Henry's favor when you look at the era. The fact that he's doing this in the passing era has to be considered with his eventual Hall of Fame candidacy. Was that just rushing or was that everything? That's rushing. Yeah, so they are uh, – Cook is 880 to 320 in passing yards, which closes the gap. Receiving yards. Uh, in yeah. receiving yards, yeah, which closes the gap a, a bit. But, I mean, that's just remarkable stuff there. And you also think of it like um, – I don't know what the snaps would be, but Dalvin Cook is on the field more than Derrick Henry, oh, but, yeah, which is I, counterintuitive, right? It when really you lo- is. When you look that's another at great that, point. And, uh, but, again, now he's got – you know, 640 more yards sure. in the passing game. But that Derrick Henry is quote-unquote limited in the, in the big picture there in terms of his role. He is a running back who's running. We'll get to the passing thing in a mm, second. Yep. And is that much better than anybody else in that two-year span? And it's going to be longer than a two-year span. It's going to grow. Is... Um, I don't know. Name other players who are that much better. Uh, the production statistics are harder. Are that much better than the next best guy? Aaron Donald is that much better than the next best defensive tackle, I think we would probably say. But it's rare that the contact points are that far removed. I know people are going to immediately say, because they're desperate to defend Derrick Henry as a pass catcher, well, he caught six passes and did very well in this game. And he did. I'm not taking that away from him, 
But you can't insist that Derrick Henry is not a Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey oh, he, pass catcher. He's a guy that needs to face the quarterback and catch. He can catch a great screen. He can do damage to you in the passing game occasionally. But he's not a Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey guy who you say, oh, third down, good, I can get this guy on the field. More but I'd also argue not, that those guys aren't a Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't just turn around and hand the ball to those guys over and over again and them consistently take over a game. And say eventually he's going to break a 60-yard touchdown run and not get caught. I mean, it's just it's, – it's, it's different. But over that same time frame, for the majority of the seasons when you look and compare, it's about 100 to 200 yards in a gap between the top back and the second best back over that time frame. Right. You, you can have a big gap in seasons because a guy may get dinged or whatever, but normally it kind of evens itself out. Um, the, some of the best backs in the history of the game leave a massive gap between them and number two. Like there's no, there's no question it. about it, and he's, and he's doing it. And the other thing is he's doing it on the road. Um, Jacob also has a, a graphic prepared for us of the, the yardage on the road over the last two years, which is just remarkable. And we detailed this last week because that's what they do when they travel. They, they travel with their run game. And they travel with Derrick Henry, and they hand him the ball as much as possible. Uh, but over the years, I mean, guys, he's, he's just crushing it with these yardage numbers whenever he's on the road against some of the better defenses that he's facing. Baltimore comes to mind. Seattle's defense is nothing uh, that uh, we would compare to some of the worst defenses in the league. If you go back to 2019, the Titans, they had lost uh, consecutive road games to Carolina and Denver, and it was ugly fashion. They lost 16 nothing to Denver, and then they lost 30-20 to at Carolina, and that was uh, right after uh, Tannehill took over. And since that point on the road, he had 26 for 149 at Indy, 18 for 103 at Oakland, at Houston, 32 for 211. That started this whole run. That was 2019. Uh, 2020, well detailed there on the road. We did that last week. And then we saw what happened last week in Seattle where he rushes again for uh, a, a ton of yards on what was, uh, what, 35 yards at halftime? And he ended up putting the seventh best rushing total of his career. Um, the guy's unstoppable. And it's an offense that you know exactly what you're getting. And the, the, the teams that are hosting the Titans can't stop it. Ken in the YouTube chat asks you a question, Paul. It says, Paul, what do you want Henry to catch? Everything in the route tree, post curls, outs? All well, he, he needs should to be, be catching well, or check downs and He screens. needs to be that's, on the field more on third down. That's what guys like McCaffrey and Cook do. I mean, they play it's, receiver on top of It should be unacceptable that Jeremy McNichols is on the field for the fourth down play at Seattle. Yeah. And there's a reason he's not on the field on third down. Don't, don't put that on me. <laughs> That's on, on Mike Vrabel and Todd Downing and Arthur Smith. And they're doing it because they don't consider him great at catching the football and at pass What was protection. the fourth down that they lost? Fourth and two? Fourth and three. Three. He's got to be on the field there so you're threatening I mean, run and so that, he's a, yeah. th that they think he's reliable at picking up the, the blitz you have to and that he him. could go out to, 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 to catch a pass. Snap count, by the way, this must include playoffs, but Cook versus Henry? Henry, 12.94 in this well, two seasons. Well, Dalvin Cook missed a season. No, but Cook in these two years that you're talking about, right? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. What you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry, 1294. Cook, 1273. 
So they're, they're right there. The Titans must be running more plays in those two seasons than, than Minnesota, which hasn't been as good of a team. Well, Cook's not playing as much year, on first and second down. Last year's offense for the Titans, they were among the league worst in time of possession, which is really funny to think of for a run-based offense. Yeah, because they're scoring a lot they of big so plays. They scored so quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, and not, not on third down as much because they're converting on first and second down. It was a very, very efficient offensive season. The only comparison that keeps coming to mind for me when you think about Derrick Henry's to another sport, mm. Pistol Pete was a guy who was known to be ahead of his time. Every time people talk about Pistol Pete, says, man, if you'd have come across now or years later, he would have been even better because he was making behind-the-back passes and hitting guys in the face because they weren't ready for it or no-look passes when no one else did it. He was ahead of the game. Derrick Henry is physically almost Pistol Pete level ahead of the game as a running back, almost futuristic with his physicality and what he can do, how fast he is, how big he is, everything else. But yet he's playing a style that's before his time. Yeah, well, that's, that's the they interesting They turn around thing. and hand it off like it's 1989. Him, he's behind his <laughs> time. And it's, it's amazing. To, like that, to me, this just ups his Hall of Fame cred, is that he's both physically ahead of his time and play style behind the time and, where no one else is doing it. And I can see a stat, Paul. Uh, if they're not keeping it, they, they better start. How many times the Titans trailed by double digits in the second half and continued to hand and in the football? They still gave them to him, which is, is incredibly patient. Nobody does it. Here's the other thing about him, Chad, and you're talking about I'm, I'm on the throwback side of this. Um, they, the whole league has gotten smaller, right? And to keep up with a Christian McCaffrey and a Dalvin yeah. Cook and all of these receivers, linebackers are now kind of like safeties were. And edge rushers are kind of like linebackers were, or in a in a four three they are linebackers, and and so these are smaller people, and you've got this throwback bigger running back, and these people are not equipped to handle him, and there are very few. AJ Dillon is one of these big backs, but there are fewer and fewer backs like him. So you could say, well, I'd like to be like the Titans because this guy's hard to get down. Well, you can't go find big backs. So the Titans are an anomaly in that they have this super big, super fast back that defenses simply aren't equipped to handle. The guy he ends up one-on-one -on -one with on the edge is not equipped to bring him down. You say go low, but he can run right through you with his very big, very strong legs. He can stiff arm you with his very long, very strong arm. <laughs> and so we're talking about comparing him to Eddie George. But on this weekend where the Titans are paying tribute to Love You Blue and they're putting Bum Phillips in their ring of honor and we could talk about the awkwardness of the Houston connection and all of that, we can also compare him to Earl Campbell. And, and he's got a lot in common with that level of throwback and physicality. Not that Eddie George wasn't physical, but Earl Campbell was really the standard bearer for abusing people. He abused the hell out of his body. We saw him not too long ago at a Nashville event with Eddie George. Two very physical backs. Earl Campbell, who... Uh, had an incredible body and ruined himself in very short order, going against much bigger, much more physical guys who were much more eager to hit him as opposed to uh, maybe try to knock him out of bounds or 
willing to get stiff-armed out of the play to not suffer physical punishment. I'm sure we could go back and find uh, offensive lines that were also uh, dinged up the way the Titans were last year, but that's also uh, speaks volumes to the history books of, of what will be said about Derrick Henry is how banged up they were up front on the offensive line. They still rushed for 2,000 yards. I mean, the, uh, the, the offensive third line. Third string left tackle, and you yeah, run for 2,000 yards. There was no third string left tackle for Chris Johnson in Seattle whenever he got 2,000, right? Well, that was I mean, a very good offensive line. very good offensive line. line. With line the Hall of Fame center. Yeah, but healthy. Roos, Stewart, you know, Amano. I mean, that group was together. Jake Scott. This right? was a patchwork group, for lack of a better phrase, last year. And the, the interior was together. They were also dinged up. Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, uh, for the most part, together for the full season, but at points during the season, really hurt. Um, and then we know what happened on the edges. This year, he starts his first road game without Lawan at left tackle, who uh, couldn't play after warm-ups. And, and with the right tackle, who right, wasn't in the, yeah, in the plan. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same scenario. Well, Derrick Henry is just so unique in what he does and who he is that with any other organization, you would lose Derrick Henry eventually. He's going to retire, go to another team, and you'd immediately start thinking, we got to go find our next Derrick Henry. But what the Titans are going to do is go find another Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey because there are more Dalvin Cooks and Christian McCaffreys out there. There's no other Derrick Henrys. When this era of Derrick Henry ends, there's not replicating him. You're going to go try to find the all-purpose back that can go and run the route tree. You because be, there are more of those guys coming out of college. There are no Derrick Henrys, and that's a compliment mm-hmm. to Derrick Henry. they got to completely change what they're doing. You can be a replacement-level right tackle on this line this year, play in front of Derrick Henry, get accolades for blocking conceivably for a two-time 2,000-yard rusher, and have him buy you a motorcycle after the season's over or a, a hot tub or what, whatever the uh, Gucci luggage set, <laughs> whatever the, the prize is, right? Even, that even, will be shown on their social media accounts, too, that Gucci luggage set. That'll even be more reason to play the center. rookie because he'll make the rookie look good in run blocking. Yeah, but in the meantime, Ryan Tannehill will be hospitalized. Well, that's happening e- anyway. Taylor Lewan's been ensuring that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's and, not De fault. Well, Derrick oh. Henry still needs Ryan Tannehill. Uh, oh, absolutely. They, they, they all do. And uh, the pass protection issue won't go away. They're going to need him to throw. That's the, the yeah, that, sad that is part the area, of this offensive line story. That is the area we are taking for granted is been Tannehill's durability. Because last year, he was only sacked 24 times. He was sacked four times while Lawan was healthy. And trusted his knee he's been sacked nine times in yeah. two weeks yes and hit i mean uh he's been hit the same rate it feels like that carson went carson wentz has been sacked six times and has been hit 21 other times to begin the season so the indy line is also not allowing their quarterback much much uh leeway and back they're not there. healthy either right that's what their i'm saying main they're, guy they're banged is up. not all the way back and their left tackle missed the first week and is yep. just coming back. They're in similar straits, not as bad. Big difference, though. Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, both mobile. Both can take off and run. Watch Ryan Tannehill on his big run on Sunday and watch how he avoids harm. And then watch Carson Wentz. That, that's one area where – and he, uh, he did have a little bit of an awkward slide. Yes. One time, Tannehill, and he, he does that from time to time. But I think when they take off – 
there's no avoiding when you have no blocking and you're getting blasted in the backfield. But when he takes off, I think Tannehill does a better job protecting well, himself. Well, Wentz's ankle injury, the, the one that kept him out of the game, was uh, someone diving at his legs from behind. Yeah. Um, after, with a play, I believe it was a pitch to the left, and someone was diving at his legs and uh, rolled up on his ankle from behind. Did you behind. see his post-game outfit? Who? Wentz? Wentz? Wentz, no. Not good. Let's see, we'll see if we Better can find Better or worse it. than Tannehill's? We'll see if we can find a picture. Tannehill dresses fine after games, doesn't he? A nice T-shirt. Yeah, wow. he likes the T-shirt chain combination. Is it a chain or just a necklace? A turnover chain? It's some sort of – it's, it's, not, it's, it's tur- not the Miami it's turnover chain. It's not a turnover chain. That would be Let me fun. see if I could find a picture of Carson Wentz after this yeah, let me, to, to put up on the screen. We could compare. Uh, you know, Tannehill's fine. I'm just uh, – Compare and I'm, contrast. I'm comparing uh, if you're going to say he's in a T-shirt or something or a, uh, a hoodie. No, it was an odd color scheme. <laughs> For Wentz? Yes. Was it, a fall, was it a fall-related color scheme? Was it very No, it was awesome like light? a gray We know Paul knows jacket. fashion, Jack. You know, That's I'm true. a fashionista. He knows. Oh, I got a lot picks. of Met Gala. Here. Uh, For some, you know, I, yeah, this is not good. It's, uh, it's like a prison jacket. It's like a Beetlejuice look. Over a pink shirt with Chad, a kind of low, low Can you pull that off? It's, it's like a mix of Beetlejuice and Miami Vice. It looks pull- like it's a pink shirt underneath. It looks like a Don Johnson T-shirt. That? Is he pulling this off? I'll just share it this way. Yeah. If, if he rolled up the sleeves, it would be a Miami Vice look with the pink shirt, the salmon-colored shirt. Ellie's and the sports melting coat. over there. This look. <laughs> it's very fashionable, she's telling J- us. Jacob could pull this off. Oh, Jacob, absolutely. Ellie looked at that and said, I actually have that sports coat. I was going to wear it in today. <laughs> the business look it's also a sports coat it looks like I, an optical illusion like, like i'm like looking into a kaleidoscope f- into a funhouse mirror i felt like he lost a dare is this uh this is post game from sunday yeah props to him for going to the post game presser after not being able to play think about that he's standing on two awful ankles right now <laughs> as he, as he delivers I felt like maybe he was like conference. a gymnast propped up on the on, you know holding himself up with two arms no legs coming up we discuss tennessee vols football it is Florida Gators week. Uh, we'll get into that. We will also discuss the future scheduling of the Tennessee Volunteers. Something Scaredy cats. Something I hate is the SEC releasing their schedule in the middle of their season. Have a big schedule reveal. Follow the NFL with Instead this. of just randomly saying, hey, the here's NFL. the SEC schedule for next year. During this year's schedule, we're going to release yeah, it's, it's, next year's schedule. It, it seems very random, although it's very planned. I don't, I don't, it's very organized for it to be so random in the middle of September. Nonetheless, we'll, we'll discuss uh, the fact that they've bought out Army to then schedule Akron and what it means. It's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. <laughs> Paul just randomly sent me a text of a typo uh, by one of the professional organizations, uh, major pro leagues in the, in the U.S. <laughs> that's, that's coming up momentarily. Here on Outkick 360. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and hit that. The, the timber, the timber, <laughs> Coming up in a moment, and we mean right now. Yeah. Uh, the Timberwolves, Paul, spelled their name Timberwolves. Wolvelez. In a <laughs> press release. In the a statement are a hot up-and-coming On parting ways with one of their, uh, I guess, front office people. Is that what this is? I don't even know who it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And they... they <laughs> T I M B E R W O V L E S. I love mistakes like this. They spelled it in a release and in a statement. This is from Awful Announcing. 
Uh, and also awful, also wow. known as awful press releases and awful statements. Isn't it awful that someone had to read a Timberwolves press release on September the 22nd? You comb <laughs> over those long enough and you're going to find gold. Yeah. Can you imagine the Timberwolves beat writer in Minneapolis and that comes across his email? Well, there we go. Do you even, do you even see <laughs> it? Yes, I'm writing this story now. Do you even see it? You might like oh, gloss sure. right over. Do they even have someone on the beat in September for Timberwolves That's basketball? Great question. Do they even have anyone on the beat? If the Tybins, if yeah. the Tybins sent out a release, I, I might read right over. <laughs> Speaking of misspellings, I, I told the story last week of uh, PFT commenter yes. with the tweet making fun of Peyton Manning's forehead, yeah. and then Peyton making fun of him misspelling prescription and spelling yeah, it. Nobody clued Peyton and then, in on this. And then PFT commenter went on a rant on his podcast saying, "Well, I know how to spell HGH," which Peyton was taking throughout his career and blamed it on his wife. They showed a, I don't know if you guys saw this, they showed another tweet from PFT Commenter on Monday night's telecast. Why are they doing this? And they go to it, and he, he was talking about Eli Manning looks great, and he's aging in reverse, and he said, boy, Eli looks wonderful, and he spelled it with two L's. And Peyton immediately caught it. He said, this guy can't even spell wonderful. Is, is this the same guy? Who missed he said, why do we keep showing this? I think completely oblivious yes, to who it was and whatever the story was. Are these was. the it was only hilarious. two tweets they've shown in the two, two games and they've shown PFT commenter twice? It's no, like, they showed Col- Cutler on a tweet that he said. Yeah, that's... It's I, almost like they're grooming... Um, it's almost like they're grooming Barstool to come back on ESPN with yeah. showing those Samantha tweets. Ponder's excited. Yeah. Wasn't she the one that yes. uh, had yep. their, her interaction she's the, with She's them? the one that got that show canned in 10 seconds. Nixed. Quickly. One episode. <laughs> had one episode. Our yeah. short run of one episode is over. That's how long that, it was, that was a terrible, the whole thing played out terribly. Vols and Gators this week. Chad, you with me on the schedule release in September for the SEC? I'm making an event. I mean, the SEC is the, the conference preseason. that could do that. Yeah, preseason for next year yeah. or... Heck, do it during basketball season. As you're leading in on Tuesday night to, to basketball games, I'll just have a show. You know, it was a big event when they had the pandemic season. NFL yeah. last year it. when they Follow unveiled the, the se- starting in late September, the schedule was a big event on SEC Network. Everyone tuned in to watch. There are certain weeks you know your your opponent, right? Uh, although it's it's varied in recent years, but it's it's just such a non. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's just odd to me that the NFL schedule is such an event and the SEC, the top conference in the nation, just kind of throws it out there like, okay, everyone, here's next, next, week's, here's next week's opponent, kickoff times, for and all, oh, by the way, here's 2022. Here's the schedule for Auburn. It's like, <laughs> it's like they're uh, waiting on a fax to come in for one team. Oh, uh, Arkansas's got their schedule. Now we can release it just randomly whenever they get the last schedule in. Very weird. Um, one scheduling tweak to Tennessee's 2022 season is Akron and Army. Um, the Zips are on the schedule. I believe it's week three right before they play Florida. It is. Um, that was initially going to be the Golden Knights of Army, correct? It was. So Tennessee has been trying to buy themselves out of this Army game ever since Philip Fulmer was AD. Dave Hart scheduled this game. Uh, Philip Fulmer didn't want it because Jeremy Pruitt didn't want it. And now clearly Josh Heupel doesn't want that game, and Danny White made it happen. Tennessee was set to pay Army $1.4 million to visit Knoxville. <laughs> they got out of that contract. They're now paying Akron $1 million, not $1.4. But they're having to pay Army five hundred dollars to just not play. 
to get out of the contract, to break the contract, they're paying him. So it's a net loss of $100,000. Army should have kept asking for more. Kept asking. I'm sure they did. I mean, I'm sure there was a negotiation that went down where they eventually got to five hundred thousand dollars. Suck it up and play the game. You put it on your schedule. I don't know why they chose to schedule Army. Yeah, uh, well, you don't want to. You don't want to uh, prepare for that uncommon type of offense. I never we would have. I never would have scheduled it. We were talking about Monken being on with us at at our old show, saying how hard it was to get games. Yep. So I feel like if you if you book them, play them. It's not just another school. It's a military academy that has trouble getting games, and then you back out, and now they've got to go find a game. I, I, I feel badly for them. Well, they're doing so with $500,000 in their bank well, account that's fine, for an athletic not, department. It's not all about the cash. It's about the It's all the about game. the cash. I mean, they did well in this. I mean, look, Army scheduled a game years ago. For million. They scheduled a game years ago with a different 82 athletic directors ago. Yeah. Three athletic directors Three. ago. This was like investing in a this stock. This was pre-John the Curry. This game paid was off for $500,000. And then years later, they're going to make $500,000 to From not the play the game. And every AD after Dave Hart wanted to get out of this game. Uh, if I were an SEC school or a Big Ten school, I would never play Army or Navy. And uh, there's also no other way to say that it's not chicken bleep to back out of it because you don't want to play them because you don't want to lose. And you don't want to lose guys to – Guys, you know, cutting you don't in the lose. game because of blocks. I mean, that's why don't you get out of the game. lose by being significantly better than them and playing as such. The problem, though, with Army is, and this is why they play this system, everyone they play is significantly more talented than they are. I understand. And they win a bunch of games every year because of their and system and, and because the of their discipline. When is this, for 2022? It's next year. Next year. Next so year, Tennessee's schedule. By the time we get to Army, we'll be so much better than them that there's no way we'll lose that game. That's what I want to hear. Uh, Again, I don't care if I'm oh, at the top of Akron. my program, I would not play Army. Yeah, yeah that, that, clearly, the message to the Akron Zips is, you're really bad, yeah. and we are welcoming you, you in for a million dollars. And you're, not worth what, near as much, for. and you're not worth near as much as Army. I mean, yeah. it's setting up at Tennessee's You'll allow us to rush the passer. <laughs> God, if they lose to the Zips after all of this. Oh, that's, that's oh. the one that everyone's going to have fun yeah. with. If that, or they're even in a close game in Who the fourth quarter. I'm coming year. to that game, and I'm holding up beat Army signs. Who do they open with next year? Ball State at Pitt. They return the, okay. the trip with Pitt at Heinz Field and then Akron. So it's set up to probably be 2-1 and one again like they are this year. Yeah. And then they're going to play Florida at home after that. Florida at home. Florida on the road this week the at the Swamp. Off the following week, then they go to LSU. Their West opponents are LSU and Bama next year at LSU, and then they get Bama at home. And then it's a weird October 22nd they play UT Martin next year. Usually that's that November – Random yeah, non-conference game. game. Yeah. But this year it's October 22nd. Does UT Martin wear those cool helmets that I like with the goggles? They have the Skyhawk, yes. Oh, I love those helmets. With the goggles. The goggles. You love the, go- you love the Barnstormers? Was of- that coach we tried to set you up with with the UT Martin when you were single? Uh, was she... What if she's like? We tried to draw. We tried to get an assistant coach. We tried to get an assistant coach to come off the bus so that Hutton could get it. her number before he met Claire. But... She was, a little, no she was a little shy. I think she was with Martin. She was with Martin. Yeah. I remember that. I Our think, powers weren't that good, Chad. I think Chad f- found out that she, uh, she, was she was dating the coach of another team or something. Never mind that. We could break that up. I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that wouldn't have stopped me Did from Did she have a ring on her finger? My I, dad would have said. Did she have a ring on her finger? Probably a championship ring. She probably looked over at me <laughs> at uh, the OVC tournament at uh, Municipal Auditorium. Who's that scrub loser over the corner hosting she the radio She was probably show? wearing Look her Look at that lousy setup ring. they got over there. <laughs> yeah. Look at that lousy setup. Their table skirt looks so bad. Yeah. 
it's someone like, yeah, sign a, their name on the table skirt. Ma'am, that's a nice <laughs> ring you have there. Oh, that's my boyfriend's. He won a national championship <laughs> in basketball. Please don't speak to me again. <laughs> they've, got guys, they've got guys coloring on their table skirt. Excuse me, coach. You come off the bus? Nope. No, I've got to get back nope. to no. Martin. Yeah. yeah, That's what she said. I'm in a big she was so disinterested that she looked back at us and said, guys, I've got to hurry back to Martin. That's how much she wanted to But you won. Situation. You're playing tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I'm going to Martin tonight to get away from this. Yes. We are back at it tomorrow. We're not leaving. We're not leaving Nashville. Back at it tomorrow from 6th and Peabody. Headlines tomorrow will include Armando Salguero's top NFL discussion. Hope you'll join us for Outkick 360. Even if you're in Martin, I urge you. Don't block the box if there are any boxes there. And don't lock the lock. And do lock the locks. There are none. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.